Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. We're back with another week of the Other Everest podcast. This is myself, Allie Stone, and uh, my host, David Irvin, and we're both just so excited and honored to be here with you. Um, We love doing these podcasts. This is really exciting. And I also just want to say, put this little plug in here at the start, but we started putting them on YouTube. So this whole time we've been recording them on Zoom. and not using the footage. So we started using the footage. Um, There are two podcasts up. We will link them in the podcast notes and we'll start sharing them on social media. But you can absolutely follow us on YouTube now as well. Um, And we share our presentations that are recorded and uh, different events. So there's little things that go up there all the time that you can be a part of. So with that said, hi, Dave, how are you? It's nice to see you today. It is always great, Allie. I'm wonderful. Good. So last week, uh, I said we were going to do uh, like a mini series was what we kind of concluded. We started talking about resilience and how that shows up for us. And there were kind of four components. You had a four component model to resilience, which was connection, uh, conditioning, community, and clarity. And um, I think we both agreed last week that each of those facets could definitely use some exploring. So uh, David and I decided that this week we're going to explore connection together. So we're going to explore connection in regards to resiliency and building our resiliency uh, as human beings and, and authentic leaders. So 
Um, I think I'll let you start it off, Dave, today with your thoughts around that, and then I'll, I'll pop in with you, okay? Absolutely, Allie. So I've been having to develop my own resiliency this last year as we've walked through this pandemic. I always say, I used to think you had to know something to write a book about it. What I've learned is the best way to learn something is to write a book about it. This is why I write. And frankly, it's why I teach. And it's why I'm doing this because I get a chance to learn. So when I learn something, then I can apply it in my life. So if I wanna to learn to be more resilient, guess what? I, I, I'm gonna set up a talk to talk about resiliency because <laughs> then I'll get to hear myself give a talk maybe 10 or 15 times. So I've been talking, I can probably think in the last month alone, well, take the holidays out of that, but probably since November, I've, talking, I've, I've given probably 20 talks on something to do with resiliency. And guess what? I'm actually learning how to be more resilient because I get a chance to hear myself talk. So I, I'm going to just kind of talk to myself today. And if it helps the listener learn to be more resilient, that'll be bonus because it'll, it's definitely strengthening my resiliency. So I've developed this little model that I have found kind of useful. And the whole model is based on four these four components that you just mentioned. So first of all, you have to connect. This is connection with yourself, which is what we're going to talk about today. You really can't be fully resilient if you're not connected to yourself. If you're sitting in front of a, a television and binge watching CNN and the American election, and I'm not saying don't get involved in the American election, this, I mean, the election's over, but the American inauguration, rather. If you're sitting in front of the television this week, totally stressed and totally worried and very fearful, but you're avoiding all that by watching the drama of US television, it's going to be very difficult to access your resiliency muscles yeah. in that context. So that's kind of an extreme. And I'm not saying don't watch TV, but oftentimes I know what it's like to turn on the television to avoid connecting with myself. So the first thing that I talk about resiliency is stop and get your bearings. As we say, it's an old and ironic habit of human beings to run faster when we've lost our way. So I've been lost in the wilderness. And what happens when you get lost is you just, you have a natural tendency to speed up mm -hmm. and stay busy and get anxious. When you're anxious, you get anxious and you show anxiety by speeding up. And it's actually counterintuitive to resiliency. So the first step in, in resiliency is the first step is if you're lost in the wilderness is to stop and get your bearings. What am I experiencing today in this moment? And we talked, you know, you've heard my presentations on the emotional seasons. Mm -hmm. And are you kind of in a chaos period right now where you're just consumed with a lot of fear, which comes out in worry, anxiety? Are you full of self-doubt because you're in the, in the press, of, press of learning something new, in the face of learning something new? You know, we've been learning how to put all this work on, on, uh, on, live stream presentation. So we've been filled with self-doubt. Mm -hmm. um, are you grieving something right now? Is there a loss that's going on for you uh, in your life? 
And I don't know anybody on the planet that hasn't lost something in the last year. And the horribleness in loss right now is that we can't come together and shoulder the pain face to face. You and I are hug and handshake people. And when we're losing something, we can't be there. So there's a loss of having a loss without community. Yeah. What is that experience for you? And compassionately stop and get your bearings right now. Where are you? Are you exhausted right now? Um, are you just, are you like trying to run, you know, if you've got kids at home, if you've got a spouse at home that you're trying to manage a business and run your business or run your work from home and you've got no boundaries between work and home, these are exhausting times for, for many people. And what connecting means is just stopping, going inside, slowing down and saying, what is my inner experience? And that inner experience can change 10 minutes from now. Right. But just make it a daily habit to stop and get your bearings. How does this speak to you, Allie? Uh, yeah, well, I have a question that's ruminating in my mind and it might, uh, might resonate with the listeners, but what are the indicators? Like, how do you know that you've been running for too long, too fast and too far? How do you know that you're lost? For me, um, you know, it's been obviously building a lot of awareness, but there have been times in my life where once I realized that I was lost, I was so lost. <laughs> and it was a, a journey. It was a long walk home. So I'm wondering if you identify, we've never really talked about this, but if you identify, if there's things that you would say that people could maybe keep in their minds that they might identify when those things are starting to happen and that misalignment is starting to happen for people. What are some of the things that you experience or do you think people experience in general? Um, this is very tricky because people, some people crash when they're grieving and when they're fearful and they just curl up in a ball mm. and sit on a couch and, and avoid it, as we say, through technology, um, social media, the internet, which are all great tools, but they get lost in that. Other people uh, get lost in being productive and they avoid, they avoid the inner work, the inner connecting with yourself through busyness. So, so it's extremely difficult if you're in that category. Sometimes, here's some indicators. Uh, and I'm going to talk to the ultra productive people who use, and we all, I don't know if you've ever met somebody who's, who lost a, um, a, a significant other, lost a spouse, uh, lost a close friend, and they go back to work and work harder. Mm -hmm. And this is a coping strategy, which has a strength to keep yourself built up. But how, how do you know is what your question is? How do you know when you've crossed that line into that strength, having lost its function and now actually getting in your way of connecting with yourself? Because, and I'll just um, clarify a little bit, because if we can get there sooner, right? 
the swing of the pendulum back isn't as hard. Do you know what I mean? Right. But if we're so far lost in the forest, it's a long walk back, back right? Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to challenge the notion of sooner. I mean, we would all love to get there sooner, but that just puts labels on it. For me, it's, and this is actually paradoxically what you've taught me in your meditation work, um, is no judgment, just observing. So observe the word sooner. With this, this, with the word sooner is an inherent pressure. I should get there sooner. Even I can watch my own language when I can be judgmental about over busyness and over television watching and over net, uh, internet binging. It's a, it's a judgment mm -hmm. because you and I have a qualitative intention to connect with ourselves, quote unquote, sooner. Yeah. But you know what? That's all our perception. What is sooner? Sooner than what? Later than what you and I do? Later than what somebody else does? And then we get into comparing because you can't talk about sooner unless you compare it to a standard. And there is no standard. Mm. What there is, is observation. And compassionately listening to ourself. So here would be some indicators. And first of all, does that make sense? It does, yeah. Um, I have to wrap my brain around it because I obviously do that. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. all do. And this is an observation. We all yeah. say that, you know, especially us in the personal development field, we have this standard that we should connect with ourselves. Well, you know, we connect with ourselves when we connect with ourselves. There's yeah. no formula. It's messy. Yeah. Just observation. So one of the observations you can have is how is my sleep? And is my adrenal, am, am I adrenalized? In other words, in a sympathetic response to the point that I'm not winding down at the end of the day and I can't sleep longer than two or three hours mm -hmm. without waking up and staring at the ceiling. That is one indicator. It's not the only indicator and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're too busy. I mean, there's a variety of reasons why we're not sleeping. Uh, another one is just tension in our body. You know, are you feeling, and you know, the challenge now is we can't go, and certainly in this province, we can't go for massage therapy right now uh, because of the lockdown. But is this something that, oh, I would go and uh, take a drug uh, to relax myself? Uh, is there tension in my body? These are indicators of disconnection. And again, I want to be careful not to judge because if you catch it, you will actually connect sooner if you observe. But it won't be sooner on anybody else's terms. It will be connecting to yourself. Um, relationship tension. Tension can, you know, if, if, if we're busy, we're probably ignoring important relationships in our life. And so just do a little check. How's the How are the relationships in your life? Do you feel fulfilled in the relationships in your life? Do you feel present to the relationships in your life? And then I guess another indicator would be the inability to sit still for five minutes. Mm. 
can you just sit without any stimulation? Can you just sit and relax? Or at least just let yourself sit and observe your mind for, you know, you call it, I call it meditating. Mm -hmm. Can you meditate for five minutes without, without feeling as though your life is going to go crazy because you can't stand sitting for five minutes? These are indicators that perhaps for yourself, we're not connecting with ourselves. Why connect with yourself? Well, it's, if you want to be more resilient, it is our bias that it starts with connecting. So if you're really busy, you might look like you're coping, but you and I would probably not call that developing a resiliency muscle because it will eventually lead to breaking down. It's not sustainable, which by our definition is what resiliency is, is having the strength to get through this long-term. Yeah. And a couple of words that are just kind of coming up for me, I guess, intuitively, <laughs> as you say that, like for me, would be autopilot. Like I'm just kind of on autopilot and maybe I'm having a conversation with Chris and I'm not really listening or, you know, um, I'm just going through the motions of the day and not truly connecting with what's happening in the present moment. Totally agree with you. The challenge, isn't it, is when you're on autopilot, you usually you don't, don't know. know that you're on <laughs> autopilot. And this is yeah. what your work is around meditation. Yeah. Is if you can begin to see I'm on autopilot, that's the first step to connection with yourself. Yeah. And it's the first step into developing resiliency. I'm on autopilot right now. And start to observe that. And if you begin to observe the consequence of being on autopilot, you will, you will, it will begin to shift. And you know, even if we can spend 20% of our time, we don't need to be mindful and conscious 80% of your time. If you can spend 10 to 20% of your time realizing that you're on autopilot or realizing that you're avoiding connecting with yourself, or uh, or distancing yourself from the relationships in your life because you're distant from yourself, it will significantly improve, improve the quality of your life, even if you're mindful just 20% of your time. I want to also say, sorry, I'm, I'm taking you weird places today. I hope this is okay. Oh, this <laughs> but is I great. Wanna, I love it. <laughs> I want to also say that sometimes it's hard to connect, Dave. Like, so as we're talking about this, and I think autopilot came up for me because I was on a lot of autopilot today. And um, for reason, like for very real reasons. So um, we've talked a little bit about my dog. You probably heard him coughing a minute ago, but he's, he's dying. So he, he got, he got the final card today. There's nothing else they can do. He's in final stages of heart failure. It's just a matter of time you know, you're going to get that. And it's almost like coping through it in autopilot. Do you know what I mean? And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to like, now I've, I've seen the vet and I need to get back and do this podcast with Dave. And, you know, you're trying to talk to me about, it. I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it. Cause I don't, 
I'm not going to feel any different. Um, it's hard to be present to that, that that heartache is not going to go away. Um, so sometimes connecting really means like opening your heart right up. <laughs> and we're not like, like reality is you just actually can't do that all the time. You know, um, I don't want to let people think that they can get off the hook, <laughs> but there is a time and a place for everything, right? Um, we just have to be careful we don't completely shut down. See, you're aware enough of yourself. And one of the reasons why you're so resilient is because you're self-aware. So we had this conversation before we started here off air about, and by the way, that we should remind our listeners that the uh, howling in the background is not your dog who's passing, that no, your dog who's passing one. is the, the very quiet beagle that's lying at your feet. I know that right now, Yeah. <laughs> but your coon hound is uh, the one who, who has been howling probably all of his life. Anyway, you are aware enough of yourself that you can put that aside. You're grieving this afternoon and you know enough to say, it's not gonna serve me to spend the entire afternoon grieving. It might later today, it might tomorrow, but for today, it's important for you to show up for this call. It would have been very appropriate also for you to say, you know what, I'm grieving too much today to do this. That would have been appropriate as well. But you can say, I'm going to set this aside. But you did that consciously. You did that mindfully. It wasn't. I will, I will say that is my tendency, though. My tendency is to work through it, to push through it, to, you know. So I do have to be cognizant of that and conscious of that as you're saying that right like and yeah I think so I mindfully then, made that decision today <laughs> yes and then you begin to say the next moment is this the right thing to do right now to push this aside I remember the day that one of our dogs died this was 20 years ago and I made a conscious decision to sit with him in the backyard because I knew the vets were coming over. We had neighbors that were vets that were very good friend of ours who were putting him down and they were coming over in the evening. And I sat with him all day from, you know, the time I got up in the morning, he was lying in the backyard. It was in the summer. So it was a nice time, but I just sat with him with my head on his, on his chest for the day. And I allowed myself to fully embrace his passing. He wasn't in pain, but it was at that decision point. Is that the right thing to do? It was right for me. And all we can do is decide what's right. I think, as I hear myself talk this through, Allie, I think the key is in life that has an application for all of our listeners today is let's make sure our intention for me, my intention is I don't want to live without regrets. And if I disconnect with myself and stay busy, it's never wrong. It's not a right or a wrong. What it is, 
is it's a question. Will I live with regrets? Because all those things that I'm busy doing, will it really matter? I got the most beautiful piece of advice this week. And it was that when we're dealing with the hard things in life, that any decision you make coming from a place of love will always be the right decision. And it sounds like that's what you did that day with your dog. Yes. And it's what you're doing right now with your dog. Your dog is at your feet. Mm -hmm. And you're in a place yeah. of love for what we're the work that we're doing. And when we get off this call, you'll make another decision based on love. And that is it. But that requires slowing down and recognizing. Whenever somebody says, I'm really busy right now, the, qu <laughs> the question that Sorry. I ask. I should have shut his window. <laughs> he, he just wants to be in the podcast. He's going to be a star one day. He's going to be a star. <laughs> he already has been. So the question that I have when people say, I say, how are you? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, people will say, I'm busy. It's like a badge of honor. Sometimes The worst thing that we can say, it's crazy. But the worst thing, if, how are you? Well, I'm not very busy. Automatically, I have a tendency to judge that. Yeah. And I have a tendency to judge myself when I say I'm not very busy. So my question is, when we say we're busy, my question is, is it a good busy? And to use your words, is your busyness coming from love? Mm -hmm. And there's no way you can answer that from the world's standards. You have no. to look inside. You have to stop and go inside and ask yourself, what is this busyness? Busyness for the sake of busyness, for the sake of avoiding if we're not mindful of that, will lead to regrets. And, and it will lead to a lack of resiliency in our yeah. conversation here to tie it back to the fact that we're actually working on some kind of topic here. I, I cut was you just going to say, and that is why connecting is so important. <laughs> Don't worry, you brought it back. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm going to spend this week in between podcasts since we're doing this kind of mini series and I'm going to reflect on connecting and I'm going to reflect on what that means for me. And I'm going to use this mini series as an opportunity to build my own personal resiliency. I think it's a beautiful opportunity to practice. So I'm one very final thought. That's beautiful. Yeah. One final thought, you know, whenever you've been with a friend who's in pain, or who's fearful, or who's angry, or who's full of self-doubt, do you know that there's nothing to fix? You just hold the space. We all know this. You've taught me this. You just hold the space, the loving space, to let them be where you are. That is our work when we connect with ourselves. Why would it be any different? There's nothing to fix. 
is just simply to be with ourselves and give ourselves a space to be where we are and allow ourselves to experience that without an expectation that we have to fix it or be somewhere else because it will naturally arise to a new place if we embrace it with love. Beautiful. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time, as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.